Okay, so we will start the question and answer session. So, aapka prashna? Sir, uh, actually I am really interested to know from you, sir. I have got no other intention. Uh, being a patriot, it is always gratifying to listen something good about India. I have two questions to be enlightened by you. <coughs> when you say India should rise, <coughs> India should realize, India has a hope, India has a lead role to play. Here, who is India you are talking about? The India that has tested nuclear bombs, acquired nuclear bombs, conducting surgical strikes, manufacturing Brahmos, uh, torn, by, uh, torn by communal riots, people migrating to West for seeking jobs. Who is India you are talking about? This is question one. The second one, when you say essentially all civilizations are mystic in origin, whose essence is meaningful for humanity. How can you say that when other civilizations are in slumber, forgetting their root, India is still enrooted and hence firm as an arrow shot on the target? Very good. Thank you so much. I'll repeat the question. Which India are we speaking about? So there has been a tendency in human nature to take up one aspect of life and compartmentalize it and take it as a whole, identifying with it and leave the rest. This tendency has been there in particularly in modern times because it's an extreme way that the mind looks at things. So it creates its own concepts of good and bad. As you said, uh, India of the nuclear bomb or India of the... There are people who even pose violence versus non-violence. And then if they are uncomfortable with violence, they say non-violence. If they are uncomfortable with non-violence, they say the violent aggressive. But life is an organic whole. One thing we need to understand, it's also about our own self. So life is an organic whole, it is a totality. So the India I am speaking about is the India where a mystic dreams in Himalayas of freedom, unity and fraternity. And as Shurubito says, I mean, it's one of the aphorism. Um, there are armies which spring up uh, or there is the cry reaches the uh, ear of France and you have the French Revolution taking place. But it is also the India, we should not forget, it's the land where King Shivi and uh, Dadichi, they sacrifice their very body for the sake of truth. It is also the India where, you know, men like Parshuram and um, Arjuna, the hero warriors who fought for what is truth. So all these aspects are there in life and we should not cut them because mind has a tendency, mind cannot handle the complexity, so it tries to cut them. But what we have to see is not an action in itself. We have to see what is behind that action. The difference between the European civilization and the Indian civilization is that Europe sees action, behavior, outside. India sees motives. If you see the Indian legal system, I mean ancient India, it always saw the dharma. It was never on outer conduct. But in Europe, there is a great stress on machinery and outer conduct. The law operates like that. So if you really look at um, uh, the Indian ethos, say for instance, nuclear bomb, one of the things you said very rightly, should India test the nuclear bomb and follow the nuclear doctrine or not? Well, it depends on what use it wants to put it to. Karna and Arjuna and Ashutthama, for that matter, 
all of them had tremendously devastating astra shastra and uh, if you really see the armory of arjuna of that time uh, just a little episode that takes place before the mahabharata so before the mahabharata war begins during the vanprastha shri krishna advises arjuna that you know it's not going to be an ordinary war uh, you go and pray to lord shiva to receive that Uh, powerful weapon pashupatastra and he does it and without going into the details ultimately he is able to acquire that pashupatastra so just before the war every the armies are assessing each other what may happen what may not happen so on the other side duryodhana asks bhishma how much time do you think you may take to kill the entire pandava army he says maybe half a day then they ask uh, karna how much time you will take he says maybe i'll take a day dronacharya again maybe a day two days so this news reaches the pandava sky on yudhishthira so he is a little you know nervous and he asks arjuna uh, tell me anuj i am hearing all this how much time you will take if you have to be on your own to decimate the entire army he said just a moment Yes, it's documented. He said, "How?" He said, "I have the Pashupatastra. It just it can devastate and finish anyone, but it doesn't do it." See, it is the beauty of India is at see the story of King uh, of Rishi Vasist. Shyamindo recounts this story as the ultimate ideal of forgiveness. Ultimate ideal of forgiveness is not Christ hanging from the cross, incidentally. okay christ from his cross saying that forgive them for they know not what they are doing is one part compare this with the indian story of forgiveness where king vasist 100 sons have been killed by vishwamitra in sheer anger because he has not called him brahmarishi and vishwamitra forgives him and he has such tremendous power that when vasist goes to when vishwamitra goes to sheshnag that give me some knowledge such a knowledge that i can surpass vasist so adishesh tells him that well okay let me examine you how much power you have so he says okay tell me give me a task to do he says okay i am releasing this earth hold it it's spinning in space very symbolic stories uh, i can explain all this in a you know the deeper sense but look at the story so vishwamitra with all his tapobal tries to do it he cannot so with his tapasya the merit his strength of tapasya vishwamitra tries to stop the earth but he cannot so he says okay whatever good i have done in my life i try to stop it still he cannot so sheshnag says you know it will be devastating if you don't stop the earth you want to be that highest uh, uh, rishi of all okay Uh, tell me quickly have you ever met somebody who is uh, truly a brahmagyani so he takes couple of names uh, but earth doesn't stop so he says have you met vasist by the way he says yes okay offer the merit of meeting vasist you offer the merit and the earth stops so then he says okay see finally i have stopped it look at the ego now you give me he says are you a fool the man who's meeting whom you met for one moment and that merit could stop the earth from you know going towards catastrophe don't you think that he is the right person to give you the brahmagyan which you are seeking elsewhere approach him like a seeker 
This is the ideal of forgiveness. Imagine when he goes back, Vasist forgives him. Completely. Hundred sons have been killed. Not one is left. He forgives him. But now see the same Vasist. When Vishwamitra tries to drag the Kamdenu cow forcibly, the same Vasist from his dand, armies spring out from all sides and the entire army of Vishwamitra is decimated. That is when Vishwamitra says that what is this power that you know can challenge me and defeat me. So in India of old, power was at every level was not a thing to be shunned. It was a thing to be used divinely. This entire creation is a creation of power. That's why we worship Durga, Kali, Shakti, Shiva, Sri Krishna with Chakradhari. But it was subsequently, unfortunately, with Mayavad and with Buddhism and then, thankfully, you know, the interpretator, interpretators from the Western thing, no, no, you are a very non-violent people, very tolerant, you know, you should not uh, say anything, even if people kill you. Just imagine Gandhi, what did he say? Uh, if somebody rapes you, you should bite your tongue, this is public domain, so I can... Bite your tongue. Don't say a word. Why? Because this way his papavritti will be exhausted. Is that the India we want? Or we want a woman to be told, Be Durga, be empowered. If Mahisasur comes to you, slay him. We have to make a choice. That is another India which he portrayed and people encouraged. That Just imagine, I mean, if a woman is being outraged her modesty, bite your tongue, don't say a word, because this way his tendency, the sinner's tendency for papa, he is a papa vritti, he'll be satisfied and therefore it will go away. First of all, a very wrong psychology. If you repeat an act, it tends to get imprinted into your system. Now, you see, that is the India people portrayed. Of course, we don't need to learn from anyone the lesson of tolerance. In fact, tolerance smacks of something superior. I tolerate you. Just imagine if somebody tells me, I tolerate you. He is like hitting me a big slap and saying, I tolerate you. Strength, respect strength. You see, long back, um, I had attended one of uh, then President Abdul Kalam's uh, lecture. He was not yet the president. He was the you know one who did the nuclear weapons program since you are mentioning uh, right away and he knew that this is the kind of thought which will come in Indian uh, mentality that should we really go nuclear or not so it was a very select audience and he was talking of India Vision 2020 he started with he came dot on time took a chalk good morning friends turned and wrote just once three words strength respects, strengths, the Upanishads. Naya matmana balhine namedhana bahuna shutin. So this idea that strength is evil, that power is something to be shunned, came subsequently and Vedantins, you know, in Upanishadic age, let's seek knowledge and when we realize one, then all else, yes, you will realize one. Shubhinda says, uh, you have washed your hands very nicely. That I am a good guy. I have never, you know, raised even a word. Forget about raising a, you know, <laughs> a khadag sword against the aggressor. 
but what have you done for this world and its purpose the the evil will find no better uh, you know uh, doctrine than to run over you see when second world war was taking place shobindo encouraged some of his disciples to join the royal air force as a fighter bomber and during that time again gandhi ji's doctrine was no you should meet them with passive resistance if hitler's army comes you don't take arms he can rule over your homes but he cannot rule over your heart <laughs> hitler would have smiled wow so strength is needed very much at every level the india of the nuclear weapon is required given that it is surrounded by pakistan on one side and china on the other side with problems brewing all over imagine an india which is unarmed you see even japan which had gone against that we'll use our defense forces strictly only to manage now they had to you know start that active program because of the north korean and the chinese so this is the real world one must take reckon but what would be wrong is if india starts a war against somebody for the sake of it or threatens uh, nuclear war that's a, certainly that's a misuse of power and if it is done surely uh, we won't have that kind of respect as we have today for india but to have weapons you are living in a world which is dark and dangerous in many ways and to say that well as you said that you know uh, communal riots uh, well i am a witness to communal riots let me tell you that i have seen communal riots and i know where they used to happen i can tell you that almost invariably you take the statistics communal riots took place most of the time in processions which connected i wouldn't even say our community but the muslim community in places where there were the muslim you know uh, majority people they were ghettos and this idea that you know uh, idea of being victimhood and all that is a very uh, narrative which has been created and the moment people responded it was you are being intolerant uh, exactly the same repeat of what happened in noakhali in noakhali thousands of hindus were massacred this this nothing not, not a word of excuse and i'm not being political about anything i don't care really which government or what but thousands of hindus were massacred and gandhi ji didn't speak a word and the day hindus started retaliating he said i am going to keep a fast if you people do that these are facts documented and in the same bengal when at another point of time a similar incident took place the mayor was uh, one of the muslims appointed by the then british government they were going to leave india and they gave him free hand he was going to be the mayor last few days and he said whatever you want to do you emasculate uh, bengal kolkata especially of the hindus so that we can take it as ours you know that was the time when demography change was taking place so we'll take calcutta as part of the what is today as bangladesh so the strategy was to kill so that the numbers goes away read it it's history that for two days the massacre continued and the hindus didn't know what to do long back shurbindo said hindus must need to organize themselves and be strong and then there was one man who was inspired who was he, he was a hindu but a butcher 
he had very good friends with the Muslim community. And then when he saw this, he couldn't stand. Within the next 24 hours, he had organized an entire army of people who will retaliate. And he said, no, no defense. You take the enemy back into his den. And when this happened, within 24 hours, the government intervened. No, no, call it stop because this is going out of control. And Kolkata, Kolkata came back to, you know, on the Indian side. These are facts of history. And especially India being run over, not once. Uh, Greeks, Portugal, French, English, Muslims. Uh, India has been run over so many times. And it will be um, really the ill fate of a nation that it forgets this. Of course, one should never have hatred. Of course, one should never ever uh, think of decimating or expanding into another nation. And uh, so far, at least in recent history, India has not done it. That's for sure. Uh, well, if you talk about Cambodian kings, you know, kings who went to Cambodia, and within India, Ashoka empires were forming. That was the time empires were forming all over. But we should be very careful because what the devil does is he twists the scripture. So non-violence is a very beautiful thing. The Gita appreciates it as one of the Devi Guna, Ahinsa. But at the same time, this true Ahinsa is when inside you there is not a stir of hatred, acrimony, but you meet aggression with strength. That is required. So inner being, so motive should be very clear. Never be the first to have any aggression. Even Buddha, the paragon, ultimate non-violence, if ever anybody practiced was Buddha. Gandhian non-violence was outwardly you restrained. That's how the Europe looks at things. Inwardly you may be seething. But Buddha's non-violence was inner immobility. And someone asked Buddha, what about war? He said, if you are attacked... A war which is done in just self-defense is a valid war. Because survival is a first instinct rooted in life. And who has given this instinct? It is the divine because he wants each unit of life. Now we go back to the original plan. What is the original plan? Ekoham bahushyam. One who wants to become many. So if one has to become many and not same many but diversity. We often quote unity in diversity. So that is the original plan. So what happens when there is one group which wants to finish this diversity using this slogan? We want unity with uniformity. We want everybody to believe in the same God, do the same practices, follow the same. So what is being done? Picking up unity, finish diversity and say unity through uniformity. This is what the Asura wants. So we want unity in diversity. Of course, every group should proliferate. Everybody. A Muslim should have the freedom to follow Allah and you know read the Quran, realize God or even if he doesn't want. A person who doesn't believe in God, he should have the freedom to even say that God doesn't exist. And India has been like that even today. See, Charvaks, where did they flourish? Um, one of the, in Vedanta itself, we have a school which is Nastik school. Agevad, all these are acceptable. Even today, there is no problem. But if one group, small or big, threatens the group life of the entire, you can't allow that because then that is adharma. You practice what you have to practice, perfectly fine. Nobody has stopped. Proof of the pudding is in eating it. And I am sure this we all know. 
in india we talk about communal rights yes communal rights don't happen in saudi arabia and we know the reason there is only one community there is no other so that is not the unity which india wants so if a group begins to threaten the group life of people be it a nation india must be strong and in this world of balance of forces right from the head is india always balance wisdom with strength wisdom without strength see rama krishna all of them wisdom strength are the two arms of the divine and at the core there should be love one should never even when you are have to engage in a war it should be born out of love born out of love not out of any expansion it could be love of mankind love of humanity love of you know uh, of dharma for which you want to make sure that whatever is adharma is not allowed so it's for love that even war can be fought with love uh, i'm reminded of very beautiful um, two lines in in shirvindo's iliad one of my favorite you know hexameter poem lovely poem it flows like lilting music so there is a book of the assembly the war is almost about to happen and all the forces of uh, you know uh, these uh, these tribes of greece they have come together and troy is a very developed civilization so helen has been brought not abducted by her own choice she has come with paris and the husband wants to claim her back <laughs> so in today's time it would have been she has gone out of your own choice dude you just forget about it you know you can't <laughs> do anything i mean today's time but those days it was like a question of prestige <laughs> so uh, they go there and at that point of time uh, priam king he calls all of them and asks them uh, tell me about so each one has their own point plus minus plus minor about the war why because on the other side is achilles nobody dares to you know fight with achilles so suddenly just about the time at priam has held everybody then he calls helen so helen is called into the assembly and he asks tell me do you still love my boy <laughs> only one question do you still love him she says yes and he says then there'll be war war for the sake of love it's upholding an ideal of love it may sound very strange but look at at that point of time in greece what was the ideal of love you have a right to live with somebody whom you love and not somebody with whom you have just a knot has been tied by whatever look at the kind of what level shobindo takes this poem and this war and it they knew that you know whatever they may do actually this is a war machine you just can't fight that man he was half god that's how he was half god and half born of that river and there was no way one could fight him and they lose the war and troy is finished so it's the consciousness behind an act the motive this is behind which is important so certainly india must of course they should not go into nuclear pile nuclear pile is a stupid thing because you will never get to a point where you actually end up using so many nuclear weapons that nuclear arms race that is certainly not advisable as to communal right yes peace and harmony should be there and there are ways to do it and the only way you can do it to bring out the core of spirituality from a religion and with that we'll come to that next question
See what is the core of spirituality in Islam? See, I am talking directly, communal right between Hindus and Muslims. Um, so, what is the core of Islam? Core of everything is spiritual. So, in India, where did Sufism got its sustenance? It was born in Persia and Iran, driven away. Where did it reach and survive? It was surviving in the valleys of Kashmir. Along with the Kashmiri Pandits, Vedantins, Tantrics, all these Buddhists, Christians, Jews, that's what was Kashmiriyat. Now see what happened, paradox. To whom this wonderful Kashmiriyat was given charge of? To the Kashmiri Pandits. They were holding a treasure. To hold a treasure, you must be strong. You just can't say, I have a treasure. But you have to be strong. If you don't use it, you are guarding something which is priceless. And surely the forces came, they overran. Where is Sufism now? You don't find it anywhere. We have some Sufi songs. Abida Parveen is excellent. Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, he was told when he died in Pakistan that don't have many people come along to bury him because the mob will not spare them. So he had to be buried. Poor fellow incognito. In India, we appreciate him. So where are the Sufi mystics now? Mystics, not the songs. Nowhere. Why? Because we allowed in the name of religion to destroy. So we have to be very careful that there is a very dark side to creation which has to be met with strength. So why India survived? That's where it comes now. In other places, spiritual awakening soon crystallized into organized religion. Organized religion means you have a Pope, you have an Imam, you have a, you know, um, who is the head now? He will interpret between God and man. Okay, it could be... Now very interesting how these institutions get distorted. In India also you have priest. But you know, priest is where in the rung of ladder? There is the Pandit, there is Muni, there is Rishi, there is Tapasvi, there is Yogi, there is Avatar. Pandit will bow down. Why? Because in India the spiritual core was always kept alive. How it was kept alive? Because Ekam Sad Vipra Bahuda Vadanti. Let's explore the infinite in as many ways as possible. Every way somebody found, noted it down as an experience. That's what the Vedas are. Vedas are a book of spiritual experiences. That is revered. It was not an interpretation like Hadith and you know. It was a book of spiritual experiences. So as many more the merrier because he is infinite. So people had their experiences, realizations, documented it and they kept it. Somewhat along the lines of Guru Granth Sahib except that they have turned it in now again. It's turning into a hardcore religion because of the simple reason. In India, they allowed the evolutionary impulse even in mystic experience. See, this is something very beautiful about India. That India allows progress and evolution. It may sound very strange that India allows progress. Yes. Look at Indian tradition. Right from the first avatar till Kalki. There is a change of form, change of consciousness. It is embedded in our culture and stories. Parshuram, the devastating, I mean, he is another war machine. 
Rama of the axe 21 times he has finished all the arrogant kshatriya kings from earth but then what happens something very beautiful in the ramayana when rama breaks the giant bow shiva parshuram hears the vibration he comes rushing who dared do it i am there as the guardian custodian of this yuga who is this kshatriya who is so strong and there is a vad vivad samvad that follows between parshuram and lakshmana and it's a very fascinating those who understand that you know avadhi of ramcharitmanas will enjoy it so at the end at one point parshuram says lakshmana you just be quiet your brother is very nice so i am sparing you but now if you speak a word i'll take you to fight that time rama intervenes and says don't say that don't say that rishivar why don't challenge us to fight we are suryavanshi rajkumar if death challenges us to fight we will take it to its own lair and finish it don't challenge us to fight you will not have a future another day to live now when rama says this suddenly parshuram realizes that he is the avatar of vishnu and offers him his pranam throws the parshu that farsa you know where that's where kerala has come up so look at this story it's a story but parshuram the invincible who would kill a kshatriya gives himself to a kshatriya why because he realizes this is not just any kshatriya he is a very humble kshatriya who has a illumined mind born with him he is strength but he is also wisdom incarnate so when he sees that there is evolution of consciousness and kshatriyas are not arrogant likes you know during his time he has seen all those arrogant kshatriyas no there is in rajas a satguna has come and very beautiful satguna now my i am not needed he goes away so when we look at india in every way see even today in india you have scripture so many scriptures 100 but if you have a scripture and a living master or a master whose word you it is understood by an average indian that if the master says something that word has to be taken as the final authority <laughs> guru gobind do khade kake lagu pao balihari guru aapki jin gobind dio bataye so because of this the india was never confined to a book it always saw beyond the book that there is a revelation there is a experience of the divine that's why um, the gita says shabd brahmati vartate go beyond the scriptures so india kept this flame of spirit alive through a series of rishi muni avatar it was inbuilt within the system this is one reason why india it never got crystallized into a organized religion we have many sects akhadas all this is there we have mandaleshwar mahamandaleshwar madhadish all this there but we all know that ultimately in india if shri ramakrishna parahman says something that's what we don't say thus said mahamandaleshwar we don't say that we understand a yogi is a yogi if shri aurobindo says something swami vivekananda look at how we could uh, allow differences when somebody asks swami vivekananda that swami ji but shankaracharya doesn't say so 
He said, yes, but I, Vivekananda, says so. It is not an egoistic I. He has his own realization. He says, I have realized, what do I do? Same thing Sri Bindu says, that as to Mayavad, my problem is, I had the experience of Maya, and I went beyond, God took me beyond, so what can I do? I have to reveal what has been revealed to me. So this was one reason. Second thing which was very beautiful about India, as I said, not just that master is greater, but also the evolutionary impulsion, which is the first thing. And then second thing is the living masters continued to have. And that finished off in Islam. Third reason, which is very interesting. India did not, see when India graduated or post-graduated to spirituality, did, did not destroy religion. You know why? It knew it is a step towards spirituality. It did not remove the mediating stare. No yogi came and said, I mean, there have been some iconoclasts, that apart. But most of them understood, okay, people are doing Bahya Puja, it's okay. Bahya Puja is the first step. You can do Manas Puja. We did not destroy booths, that's what I was saying. You realize the one is everywhere, but you don't go on destroying Buddh Parasti, Buddh Parasti, so destroy all the idols. Then what happened? What was the result of it? There were some mystics who did realize, certainly. Sufi mystics, some of them, Yar ko humne jabaja dekha, kahin zahir, kahin chupa dekha. It's a tremendous mystic experience. No doubt about it. Sufi mystic. But because the mediating stare was lost, what happened to the rest of the people? They became barbarians. Religion was a path leading you upward. So now there was no booth, nothing. And whatever religion was left became fixed at a given point of time through very strict narrow dogmas because that was the only way they thought they could preserve. There was no evolution beyond it. So wherever a stream doesn't flow and doesn't grow, it tends to decline. So over a period of time, what happened to the rich culture of Baghdad? It's the saddest, one of the saddest stories. As sad as the story in Takshila and Nalanda where there were 60,000 books Translations of Upanishads into Arabic. So, we should be very careful that, see, when people say um, communal or religions rights, well, there are religions which are not religions, but they are like Kalanemi, who in the disguise is saying Rama, 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 Rama. And Hanuman starts believing, oh, he is a Rama Bhakta, till he discovers he is an Asura. So, these were the three main reasons, but there is a fourth ultimate reason. And that ultimate reason is the reason of reasons, the logic of the infinite. So we can start with a little question. See, when there is a baby forming in the womb, it starts with one cell, which is fused. Then it becomes few more cells, you know. It's just a piece of meat, if you want to put it. All these cells can develop in any direction. That is called as totipotent cells. That's why in cloning they discovered that we say only the sex gametes can give rise to gender. No. The skin cell can also develop a baby. That's why it's discovered that, well, potential is there. So they are called totipotent. Even in the human body, uh, you know, like for instance, people have cancer, you have white blood cell of different kind. But in their origin, when the bone marrow first forms, they are totipotent. So, what has determined that something which is capable of anything becomes this something that expresses. To put the question in a different way, what determines that the seed of a mango will grow into a mango tree? 
the very obvious but unanswered question. Genes are process. Genes are process. What determines that the combination of hydrogen and oxygen will give birth to something which will have properties of water? How different it is. Neither hydrogen is liquid nor oxygen liquid. How they combine and create water? There is nothing in the genes to suggest that this particular gene will grow into a rose, this particular, but they combine and there is a power which determines. This determining power which determines what will be, Shobindo uses the word real idea, that is the supramental thought in creation. Now, when creation is made or emerging out, it's not made in the biblical sense, he extends himself into creation. This real idea implants itself everywhere. Let me make it like now, earth is being formed like a baby in the womb of the world mother. Now while the baby is in the womb, any part could become anything. But the real idea that there has to be, each country will become one part. Like a baby, limbs, somebody becomes hands, someone becomes feet, some cells. They are all same, but they are different. Some cells will become hair, some cells will become teeth. So it was so destined that some cells, some part of land will become the soul, guardian of the spiritual destiny of mankind. So we may say it is so fated that India had to become the custodian of the Sanatan Dharma. And because it is so fated, so in India you saw lines after lines of mystics and nobody could destroy them despite invasions. It's not only now India has faced invasions. India's history is full of invasions. You read about these, uh, uh, what was his name, Kal- Kaliyavan was possibly a Greek or from that side who came right up to Mathura. There was another invasion uh, which came again from the western, far western frontiers. Uh, and uh, there were people who were destroying the yagnas. Ravana himself started destroying the Yagyavedi. So why all these Asuras targeted India? And till today they are targeting to break India because India holds the destiny of the race. But precisely because India holds the destiny of the race, you just can't destroy it. Because who guards India? Durga guards India. The divine guards India. That's why you see, we made, we grow up with this culture and accept it as a, um, uh, you know, just because we have grown up in it. But I feel so, as you said, proud about it. I feel proud about this fact that more than once God has manifested himself in India. Not just more than once, countless times. What this dust is, that when the divine has to assume a human body, he doesn't go in, he manifests here. There are instances, I said, some manifestations took place here and there. Is, but because it has a special destiny. And this time also, Shivabindu's birth, the mother born in France. Because if, other than India, if there is a country which can embody deep values, if you look at the entire Europe, it is France. It is the country where French Revolution started. It is the country where Voltaire declared, you know, okay, I, I may completely disagree with you, but I will fight to the nail to safeguard your right to disagree. Very great, you know. Rational logic can take you to there. 
the entire renaissance was worked out in france so france was another nation which was carried a great destiny and france mother is born and yet she shifts to india it's not just a meeting of two ways of life yes it is foreboding the new age which is going to ushering the new age but more importantly that she is coming and the balance of shakti is once again shifting to india so the fifth reason we may say is that the cycles of time if you see the previous 2000 years it was surely day in europe you know in terms of everything art literature culture many things even though the entire i mean i am now um, putting the quote in another way it was quoted once that by who was that was it not max muller who was that other fellow who gave um, macaulay that the end no or another person that the entire you know uh, indian books can be accommodated in a small shelf of the library of the west <laughs> i would say that the entire literary work work of art of the west would not even match up to one kalidas forget about mahabharata and ramayana and vedas and puranas and upanishad the quality is such where we do we find this utterance you know as we find in the upanishad isa vasyam idam sarvam yatkinche jagatyam jagat tena taktena bhunjita magrita kasya siddhanam where do we find this utterance agniriyate ko bhuvnam pravishto rupam rupam pratirupa bahishya एको वशी सर्वभूतांतरात्मा रूपम रूपम प्रतिरूप वे डू वी फाइंड दिस अट्रेंस नित्यो नित्यानाम चेतन चेतनाको बहुना यो विदाति कामान तमात्मस्थम यनो पश्यंति धीरा स्त्रीशाम शांति शाश्वती नेत्रीशाम इट इज नॉट मंत्रा इट इज पोइट्री ऑफ द हाइएस्ट काइंड इट इज पोइट्री टेन थाउजेंड इयर्स बैक आवर ग्रेट 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 grandfathers purvaj were writing such poetry they would that would put a wordsworth and blake to shame that is the power if anybody can come little closes homer <laughs> you know with this iliad odyssey maybe dante some of them have done wordsworth work is good blake is good i don't deny it milton is good but look at the height of this literature even in the middle of the war <laughs> battlefield what sublime poetry flows through the lips of krishna in the bhagavad gita <laughs> i mean it's amazing what a meter what a rhythm what magnificence grandness what perfection to what level it can take human consciousness so i mean it's not just to be proud yes proud yes because we inherit something and what we inherited again to remind of the kashmir story Kashmir story is not just about this happened and that happened and history. That is one part. Um, it's okay. That's one thing to be reckoned with, and there is a ways and means to deal with that. Uh, but you see, there is an entire Islamic past which they don't accept. It should be accepted. That's one part. It is coming up in now. People are talking about it. That well, we easily accept that well. Somebody Ravana was a Brahmin and he was, uh, you know, Shiva Bhakta. we don't keep our children's name ravana because you know he was a brahmin and shiva bhakta for us it was not that 
we worship rama <laughs> rama was a kshatriya look at you know we can accept that well he was a brahmin but he did misdeeds he was good at one point of time then he fell because that's how india has grown to understand the consciousness behind but that is not the issue the issue is and there we come back full circle about the nuclear weapon when we are given a great trust we must have the strength to safeguard it if we don't safeguard it then i can only recount shubindu in our of god that thrice vote to those who are strong and ready yet waste the force or misuse the moment unhappy is the man or the nation he speaks about unhappy or the or is the man or the nation who is found sleeping when the hour of god arrives because the lamp was not kept ready and trimmed for the welcome of the lord so this is a pressing need for india because we have been our minds have been literally abused mental abuse is the worst kind of thing because you don't even realize you believe that good is being done to you but it's been poisoned to disabuse ourselves and say in the real sense of the word yes i am an indian and i am an indian in the real real sense and what does that mean to close when shrivindra was asked what should we do for the good of india how we make it right this is recover the lost aryan spirit spirit recover the vedas the upanishads the gitas not just in thought but in life and practice and then all else will be given to you fear will have no meaning in your dictionary who is an aryan who is freed from fear why because he knows that all is brahman and this india has demonstrated even when it was lying low one shivaji with the strength of bhavani challenging an empire true he did not defeat aurangzeb but shivaji was also never defeated <laughs> look at aurangzeb's ambition finished look at guru gobind singh where do you find such valiant war again by the power of bhavani deh shivaye varmohe satkaran se kabhu na daru what kind of you know manhood we have uh, you know Uh, produced before the civilizations that manhood we must recover it's an urgent necessity of the hour of the moment because precisely because we are given a treasure which is um, i can tell you lives after lives i aspire to be born in this wonderful land of india and lives after lives to serve the divine mother because here you breathe spirituality you breathe it literally breathe it the air is different everything is there lovely cities night it's like you now even that you get everywhere now you know india is like <laughs> everything is there but you feel stifled because you don't get that subtle thing which is mixed in the air we understand what is samarpan we don't have to take a talk on okay sir samarpan kya hota hai <laughs> फेत क्या होता है हमको ये गिफ्ट में मिलता है भक्ति क्या होती है सो शत नमन टू दिस लैंड नॉट बिकॉज इट्स जस्ट ए पीस ऑफ लैंड टू दिस गॉड इज इंडिया हु इज बोर्न सो मच दिस प्रेयर ऑफ द मदर ओ मदर इंडिया यू हु नेवर अबैंड हर चिल्ड्रेन 
whoever came here she welcomed them and taught them something of the indian way of life that's why sufism survived in the sunni wahhabi islam there is no music <laughs> there is no painting picture photography nothing all art and beauty should be finished everything should be draped in a single monotone of uniformity is it a religion it's clearly an asuric thing whatever religion was there is finished it's a purely asuric thing which is used for domination of the world to satisfy political lust and ambition and we should be ready and willing to say that it is so because the praman is there where is god there anymore he must have himself run away that please don't take my name do whatever you people want to do don't do it in my name long back he must have gone away looking at the horrors so we are given a tremendous treasure and we should safeguard it grow in knowledge grow in strength grow in love grow in joy that's how shivinda puts it in that poem rishi fear not from loving o king love men love god love this world fear not for loving this is what this creation is about so strength wisdom strength and love are the triumvirate of manhood india exemplifies it in all its great characters whether it's rama krishna and we as indians must embody that spirit and take it further to the next level which we are destined to do sorry i just couldn't uh, <laughs> india is so dear to i don't know whether if you want we can take a question landin are you saying something <laughs> yeah uh alonso so, uh, in the west uh, we see a tendency of uh, dedication or we would say respect for individuals uh, choices be yeah. life choices be choices of marriage be choices of children uh, also their dedication towards work Uh, the, the the notion of service uh, in view of uh, money or whatever so is that all a hypocrisy or okay so that's a good question so first i'll take that one so individuality is a good thing india has to learn no doubt about it but india's tendency towards freedom now it's about freedom i have a freedom and a right to choose that's what we are talking about so in the west this is very good that you allow people the freedom you have a right to choose i quite agree that in india there were social uh, pressures uh, to conform but look what was the reason if you go behind the logic what made what became of it is one part india always knew that discipline and freedom go together discipline is the royal road to freedom in fact it believed in the ultimate freedom moksha <laughs> freedom from the all the bonds of free freedom from ignorance but then because it knew again you know india kept all these steps in the process it knew that a freedom now i'll come to that that you know the merits of the western type of freedom no doubt about it so india knew that this is a freedom towards which man will move in a gradual way so it allowed the principle of graduality in evolution how did it do it first stage when you have brahmacharya practice 
you are taught dharma, the basis of things. Dharma is not just rituals as you know. But what is the basis behind everything? This is when you are having the first ashrama of life, when you are basically learning a student life. Next step, grahastha. Based on this dharma, seek artha and kama. Satisfy your desires, go through life, get money, wealth, everything. Because otherwise what will happen? Like many people, they don't go through this stage and fall back into tamas. Next stage, you have gone through life, all its everything. But while you are going through life, how do you maintain a kind of order in society? It shouldn't disintegrate. So you had all these kinds of various, dharma is the basis. So there became dharma, kul dharma, yug dharma, pati dharma, patni dharma, all the dharmas came. Because dharma was not something like uh, anything to do with rituals. So follow the dharma. You have a freedom but be within the bounds of dharma. Now obviously that started getting multiplied. I mean things which are masik dharma. Now masik dharma is not there anywhere but just because of hygienic reasons you gave it, joined it to religion. Masik dharma. You don't go to temple. All this started. I mean I am not going into it occult side and other sides. If occult side is there it should be explained. No doubt about it. So it all uh, began like that. And then when you have lived your life according to dharma, even enjoyed life, then you are ready for higher seeking. So vanaprasthashram and then this is the moksha sannyasashram. It was a very, very intelligently devised order. But like all orders, there is a tendency for it to break down. Again, there was the one ashram, the chaturvanya. But it again broke down. And this breaking down was important. One, because like Troy, it was all happening within this wonderful peninsula. While right outside, there was barbaric actions going on. And we know what barbarism, you speak about God, you may be crucified, you may be burnt, all this was going on. So at some point of time, because out of love and compassion, divine sent everybody to India, learn something. Nobody will come to learn, so go and loot. And in the bargain, all this happened and it broke the old social order. What we see today is that broken relics. But in the bargain they did sow in India the seeds of a rebellion. Which was needed. Why it was needed? Because the Shastras of old, great though they were. But because India believes in the universal, the evolutionary impulsion, they had to go. A clean slate has to be produced, created. Because also they were subject to misinterpretation. The one ashram became, uh, you know, it was... On the basis of Gita they were quoting without understanding its real meaning. Uh, so what happened is that it was by birth and then people started doing all this superiority business. Uh, you know, the priest started controlling. All this did happen, which is a fact in, uh, you know, uh, Sri Dharma became, you know, into an oppression for women. We forgot KK, we forgot, you know, Draupadi, we forgot Sita, we forgot all of them. So because it had become something very crystallized, Partly because of the invasions to try to defend the Shastra, people held on to it rigidly, even unthinkingly. That's why you see during this entire invasion, where did Indian culture actually continue to survive and live? It was down south. Even till today, if you want to know the real Ucharan of a mantra, go there. You will find it because it survived. And here what was happening? There was a melee. 
So how do you protect your women, you know, because there are Khiljis coming into you, okay, you have Sati, you have those Gungat, all this came into being. Now, obviously, this created eventually because we are a thinking race. So we revolted, even in the West, revolt took place, despite all the individuality. They revolted against the system, there it, the order was created by reason. Rational age created order, order was external law. Ultimately, some kind of order was there and the revolt was necessary to break the old social order. In India, it happened. Good, it happened. In the West, it happened. So in the West, it took that form of individuality, which is a typically Western type. I'll do what I feel like. Whether I go to school or I don't go to school, whether I marry, I don't marry, how does it matter? In India, it took another form of revolt, though a little late in the coming, but it was bound to come because that old social order had to destroy. So this part is very valid. But then, look at now what is happening with all this destruction. Where do we go from here? The fact is old social order is destroyed. Now we have to rebuild. Nature will rebuild. It's assembling all those broken material, picking up new things and building. Now where is that science and art and um, the divine reason to build things? If you go to the West, what happened as a result of this extreme individualism, a kind of capitalistic society and you know we know its ills. What happened on the other far left, a kind of communism which was another oppressive because they don't, don't have the know-how what to build now with this. But in India, because there is Vedanta, because there is Tantra, what is going to come up is Vedantic communism. That's what Shubhinda has foreseen as the future. So in Vedantic communism, each individual is deep inside free. And you must reclaim your freedom. But this freedom comes through a process of discipline, of discovering the one who is behind everything. So in India, this way, this urge for freedom, going beyond the Shastra, you don't have to break the Shastra. You go beyond the Shastra. Even in India of old, going beyond the Shastra was an acceptable thing. Only that person was not allowed to be in the society because he'll create an upsetting of things. So, if we look today, the Western tendencies, it's not just Western, it's happening all over individuality, which is a good thing for the moment. It is destroying the past social order. It has already done more or less. It will happen more. But we must look 100 years ahead. Now you have to rebuild. You can't keep on destroying things. On what basis do we rebuild? On the basis of Hegel, Kant, Marx, Karl Marx or many of the other philosophers or on the basis of Vedanta, Upanishad and the Gita. This is the question that we face. My vote is fully for the Gita and Vedanta and Upanishad. Of course, Shirobinda has said that the book of the future is the life divine. Every chapter opens with some quote from the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Gita, sometimes you know, a quote from. So this is the basis we have to rebuild. In other words, the outer form of society is bound to change. I can tell you it will come much faster in India. I will give you some examples. How much time it has taken for women to get voting rights outside, in the liberal West? And how much time it has taken to get voting rights, even a president and prime minister in the Indian context? Just some facts. How much time and struggle it has taken for LGBT community and Q, doesn't matter what you name, the transgenders, 
you know when i have grown up and we were children the transgenders whatever people may talk about they were very welcome they were celebrated if they came people used to call them and there was a very deep occult meaning behind it why because they have taken upon themselves the burden of suffering of being in the middle it's not a good condition to be in so they have anyways chosen to do that their souls has chosen look at the deep meaning so what they used to do they would come and dance around the child and then say bala le rahe hain hum aapke and then you give money and you do namaste you welcome them we had transgender shakuni also for the war now in india these things will come but in a nice way in a beautiful way so what is a transgender he is a soul that has taken upon itself this great life of you know ostracization and ignominy and yet it has a place and a place which is surpassed by anybody nobody else is welcome to take the problems of the child than the transgenders it is india has a unique way of dealing with these things prostitution in the west we don't have prostitutes we have a free society i don't want to say anything more in india when you have durga puja so you have mud brought from all the lands you know one of the places from where they get the land is it is from a prostitute's house we didn't call them prostitutes we used to call them nagar vadhu is a difference have you read that novel bhagwati charan varma vaishali ki nagar vadhu amrapali they were not treated as you know they had their own play devadasi so much devas that you know look at you know temple dancers free them are you free or call girls don't worry about devadasi we will free them yes they should be freed but first understand before you destroy something there were women who were given to this very unfortunate and there can be no justification in a society and it is rising and revolting which is right but look at even in the worst fallen state what was the way a fallen was treated look at the two context west and east in the west you will see a typical woman who goes to cannes film festival with a red carpet as a pleasure object if you say real speak it's a pleasure object everywhere it is highlighted she also very happy to be a pleasure object whether it be a colgate as advertisement fair and lovely everywhere she is treated as a pleasure object we knew that pleasure is something degrading and in human society there is something like that so how to handle it so we had vatsans kama sutra just you know if you read that uh, i mean i i must say wonderful work and um, there is a whole movie made on that utsav so kama sutra it's the art of making love now <laughs> which country has ever written and our people quote it like this india land of kama sutra and ajanta elora but try to understand what it means the sexual aspect is given 10% importance 90% is preparing yourself for it it almost tries to lift up sexuality to a point almost like as much as you can sublimate it 
so we had kam sutra we had of course there was different reason why ajanta lora that's a different logic behind it and i am not going into that but the fact is it was uplifted and then what place krishna declares in the gita even a most fallen woman or man the worst criminal you know arjun if he calls my name you should regard him as a saint why did we do all this because we knew this is there in we didn't uh, we didn't refuse to acknowledge no no we are a very nice neat painted society it is something degrading there are those great rishis who said that you know kamudveg and all this krodh all these are dangerous thing but it is there in society how do you handle it we didn't uh, send them even there you had the devdasi you know what was devdasi she was a woman with whom some of these people rich and whatever they could come and be as like a safety valve or whatever you want to put it uh, but she was married to god just look at the whole psychology behind it for the woman she had a life which was a life of utter disgust i would say but yet there she should remember that she is married to god and this was quoted not exactly this uh, instance but something like that in one of the fables of shri ramakrishna and the it was like there was a priest not priest a sadhu whatever sadhu look alike and right opposite him there was a lady who was in a brothel and every time the sadhu will see a woman a man entering her house he will say he was counting oh, horrible horrible and then keep a watch so many people have gone today man what kind of a horrible woman she is tale told by shri ramakrishna what a yogi of that stature and they both die and as happens in the story they go together and chitragupt the grand accountant nothing misses his eye so he tells the woman you have a place in heaven this fellow what is this this cannot be my count she has committed so many sins every man she slept with was a sin so he says but maybe they have changed their policy they are on a free all whole all heaven so maybe they have changed their policy no sometimes you get a window period in which everybody gets heaven <laughs> so so he goes very sadhu he says you know what a miserable man you are you have done nothing in your life except wearing this robe for wearing this robe we would have given you two cents but you even corrupted that wearing the robe when you do such things he said but what have i done he says what have you done i never even looked at a woman he says yes what you didn't look you were looking in other men and women so you have your consciousness was full of all that the lady was undergoing so you have to go to hell she says okay well but why she is going to heaven that you at least tell me so he says every time a man came to her and she knew she has to do this to earn money so she prayed to krishna i am yours you take me enter the body of this man let it not be just another man all men you become all who come to me 
Now these are the, this is the soul of India. Where even the most degrading things, and nobody can deny that it's very degrading. Of course, it's newer version is in the West is that there are men who do this. And you all know what I am speaking about. There are rich women, the new rich men do whatever dancing and they are called for all kinds of things. But that apart, we knew it is something degrading. And yet we tried to do something about it which could be have some touch of divinity and through all these fables, stories, legends, systems. Yes, it is gone, it must go. But when we break, it should not be with the eye of the West condemning it. Look here, you are Devadasis. Yes, sir. Better than the call girls system, that institution that you started. So we have to, it should not be there, yes. Neither there should be a society wherever there should be things like this where a woman should be has to exhibit her body to sell a product. Is this something very healthy? I mean, I, I feel every time I see this on an advertisement, I just wonder. People talk, is this, can't they see what is happening? So, while yes, there are good things everywhere, I don't deny but unfortunately, there is very little good that has survived of whatever ever there was in the West, whatever tendency. It is Deha Atmodh. The body is the self. The vital is the self. All that advancement, uh, okay, work as service. I am afraid, having travelled all over the world, work is money, no seva. And I can give you a concrete example. A doctor friend of mine came from UK. And I had gone to my house and I was coming down a watchman. Sir, you can do like this. I said, yeah, I, I mean, you mean what? I'm a doctor, I'm qualified. No, 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 the police won't catch you. I said, why? We can't do like that. What do you mean? No, no, you have to have insurance. You have to, uh, NHS, you have to, book, appointment, I said for everything he said yes, so I said how long it takes, said, sometimes it takes two months, three months so what do you do, no no, if you have an urgency you don't want to go through national health scheme you go to what is called as a public hospital, I mean the private, our equivalent of, so then what happens the only thing is they charge a lot of money I said so you are leaving a man with no option basically I said, in India, we are better off. We do this signing because we feel that way from the heart, no? Serve the cow, serve <coughs> trees, everything. I think Indians know how to serve. What India is missing is the sense of beauty and cleanliness. That is precisely because of the Mokshwadi Dhara. So outwardly, we have become so casual. <coughs> Service is there. I have seen Indians, lot of Indians, doing work as worship, but they are not clean. That is unfortunate. You can't have worship without cleanliness. That is something we have to really, really learn from the West. Uh, the sense of beauty, punctuality, regularity. But uh, I don't know about uh, other things, equality and all. I have not really found in a corporate world equality and all. There's, there's a lot of talk about it. And a uh, lot of things like work from home, it's all 
ultimately going to money so it's a perfect system the problem with such a system is when it collapses because it built on the foundation which is very weak on wealth the day this economy collapses the system collapses but in india this doesn't happen and that's what is called as the resilience factor so we survive all kinds of things inflations depressions and everything so we must learn one thing if you want from the west respect matter handle it carefully this is something i have seen that they use the right equipment for something that mahasaraswati respect respect matter and also invariably this cleanliness sense of beauty even in outward things must be there that i feel is grossly missing yeah exactly it was there see because yes why learn this from the west because we have forgotten everything that was in india including this beauty look at it like you know the great goddess lakshmi one of her descriptions is lavanyamayi the greatest form of the divine mother is tripur sundari beauty beauty was an aspect of the divine and the mother says it was the ploy of the asura to say that beauty is undivine it was the way of the asura to take it away from it. because beauty has a lot to do not only with outer beauty it has to do with our ethics it has to do with our life our conduct it is the core of all values if you have the sense of beauty inside many ills and evil one will not do so yes the sense of beauty is missing it was there in india if you read the descriptions um, i mean even now even though it is broken look at every custom uh, i remember garbhadhan sanskar you know the way flowers and everything it's so place is made so beautiful but we have yes forgotten it lost it no doubt about it whatever be the reason it must be regained cleanliness sense of beauty and beauty in everything beauty in thought beauty in speech is another horrible thing which i have seen now i hear these many of these youngsters speaking four letter words picking up from the um, you know english language and it's 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 it's, um, it's a nightmarish feeling uh, it reminds me of many of the indians up north using uh, you know expletives and i used to tell them aap kaise ho aap aise gaali kaise de sakte ho aise nahi gaali nahi hai way of life hai but this was only in a certain belt a crude belt i think that is also going now i don't come in contact with such a sample anymore but i hope it is going that is very dark abusive nature abusive words are spiritual suicide maybe the asuras came and settled here <laughs> and gave their own gifts crudeness you don't hear this rama and ravana when they are having a dialogue it's a treat <laughs> not one abuse both are speaking very even when he is threatening go away you are a human being i don't want to fight with you he is not saying anything and rama will you only speak or will you pick up the arrow it's such a beauty that asura is saying in such a nice way maybe because also sanskrit language sanskrit language is like that see language is a great impact we lost sanskrit and we lost um, much of our refinement 
You see, if you go to the northeast, for example, far northeast, and you go to Thailand, for example, they don't have a word for no. You see a great degree of softness. Don't have a word for no. But it has its disadvantages. You must learn how to say no. But I'm just saying that language has an impact. And uh, Sanskrit was very refined. Sanskrit is very refined. Uh, subsequently, the degeneration took place. And now we have all kinds of language to which everything has been added. Kichadi, in fact. So that, I think, we must revive Sanskrit. And bring in, um, teach children. Not write big essays. But simply learn to speak beautifully and cultivate the sense of beauty in life, in speech, in thought, in feelings, in actions, everything. Okay, so I think we will... uh